Hello and welcome to Just Jets episode number 190. What is going on? I am Matt O'Leary here with you after a New York Jets win. A much needed New York Jets win against the Denver Broncos. Up next this week is the Philadelphia Eagles and then the bye. So we have some things to talk about on things that happened in this game against the Denver Broncos. Something that has to change going into this game against the Philadelphia Eagles. And of course, your voicemail as well but before we hop into all of that a word from our sponsors over at manscaped they've taken a step away or a step up even from balloween to bring your face the cleanest shave it's ever seen so this season no need to toil and trouble manscapes all new handyman is the best way to get rid of that stubble. Featuring a compact design and next-gen skin-safe technology, the Handyman was designed to give you that smooth finish without the mess of a traditional shave. Get the sweetest treat this Halloween by going to manscaped.com and using my code JETS20, that is J-E-T-S-2-0, for the nice additional savings over at Manscaped where you can pick up a nice little handyman. Get rid of the scraggly beard. I used my, when I trimmed up the beard, especially like up over in this area, that's what I used. I like it over at Manscaped. Make sure to check it out. All right, let's hop into the episode for today. Uh, Brees Hall is all the way freaking back, ladies and gentlemen. Things you just absolutely love to see. Uh, and that's where I want to start on this episode because to me, I think that was really the big story uh, from this game is yes, the Jets won, which was much needed, but Brees Hall went back to the place where his injury happened last year in a game that the Jets won, but it left you feeling a little bit down because he knew what was coming, unfortunately, with Brees Hall. Um, but this is something that is absolutely worthwhile to mention and the biggest storyline from this game. Brees Hall, 22 carries, 177 yards, one touchdown, and eight yards per attempt. The Jets have a very, very special player in Brees Hall. In case you didn't know, he is a very, very special player and makes life significantly easy, easier for your offense when he is out there on the field. And I was so happy to hear Robert Sala earlier last week before this game talk about how he thought it was time to take the pitch count off of Brees Hall and we're going to ramp him up and we're going to have him, you know, ready to go and, and take on this bigger workload. And boy, did he shine with that bigger workload. 22 carries, a buck 77, had the long 70 plus yard touchdown run. And even if you take away that run, he still would have went over 100 yards in that game. Really, really impressive stuff. Uh, and, and I have some really nice stats to share with you in this one where you're looking at uh, Brees Hall and just how productive he is. So this one's from Connor Rogers. He tweeted out, you might know him from the Badlands podcast. He also does stock exchange. He does so many different uh, shows. Uh, but Brees Hall's yards before contact. So week one through four, the first four games of the season, he had 12 yards per pre-contact out of 209 total yards. So he was getting significant chunks of yardage after contact is the point of, of this uh, exercise and looking at this. Uh, 12, only 12 of the 209 yards were before contact. In week five, finally, 
He had 115 yards before contact, 177 total yards. That is just truly remarkable stuff. If you get him out in space, he is going to absolutely eat. But also, he has the ability to break tackles and to be very, very challenging to bring down. And something that I found so hilarious on the broadcast, and Tiki Barber is talking about, oh, he's like, Dece- Brees Hall is deceptively quick. You know, at his size, he's not someone who runs a 4-4. Well, that's because he actually ran a 4-3-9. So he was in the 4-3s. It wasn't a 4-4, Tiki. You're right. He was a 4-3 guy, actually, at that size. is unheard of. He is, and He's an alien. People were talking about he would need to be an alien to come back and to play at this level. And less than a year removed from tearing his ACL, he goes out there and has the best game of his career, going for 177 yards and 22 rushes, which is a career high. And to me... There is absolutely no reason why he's not getting the ball 15 times a game at minimum rushing the football because uh, I think it's probably unfair to expect 22 carries a game every single week from Brees Hall. That is just a crazy number, a very, very high number. But how do you not just get this guy the rock as much as humanly possible because he's shown how dangerous he is. And just to, again, show how different this guy is and how much of a special player he is with his performance in week five. This is according to uh, Michael Nani. tweeted this out. Brees Hall now has the best yards per carry over a running back's first 12 career starts. Minimum 100 carries since 1970. Since 1970. 53 years. Hall is number one. 6.34 yards per attempt, 850 yards on 134 rushing attempts. Special player. Franco Harris, ever heard of him, is 2, 6.32. Philip Lindsay, oddly enough, uh, at 3, 6.08. Adrian Peterson is 4, 5.86. And Bo Jackson is 5 at 5.79. So, Pretty special company outside of Philip Lindsay. Sorry, Philip Lindsay. Uh, it was a it was a short lived career, but he was he had a very very nice rookie season that year, and, and I, he might have done something his second year. But anyway, moral of the story is, Brees Hall not o- not only is he productive, he is an outlier in terms of how productive he actually is uh, for this football team, and it was obviously working, which is why they kept feeding him the rock, and they. Limited Dalvin Cook's carries, which, you know, was something that I really wanted to to see. I thought he was, you know, struggling, although I will, you know, point out it, as a positive, I thought Dalvin Cook played a an, actually a really good game, you know, uh, all things considered against um, against this Denver Broncos rush defense that is one of the worst, if not the worst in football. Um yeah, I mean, for, for me, Brees Hall, getting him going was the most important thing uh, from this game. That was absolutely uh, a necessity. Um, but also they were productive as well when they were running the ball with uh, Dalvin Cook for the first time this year. Dalvin Cook had six carries for 23 yards. He just... He looked better in this one. 23 over 6 is what's the yards per attempt on that? 3.8. Um they were that's not great. Michael Carter had one carry for 8 yards. Um but there were like 
two or three okay Dalvin runs. He had a, a, a nine-yard rush, which was his high uh, on the day. Um, but that is definitely something that um, I'll, I'll take as a slight positive, even though, you know, Brees Hall stole the show. And, you know, they ran the ball, let's see, 28, 9, 30, 31, 32 times in the game. And I don't know if you're going to be able to do that every single week. Zach Wilson only threw the ball 26 times. Uh, and we'll get more into Zach Wilson's performance in the in the voicemail section because a lot of these calls uh, have to do with Zach Wilson and varying opinions. So uh, that'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to that part of it. But I, I just we had to start with Brees Hall's breakout game uh, of 177 yards, 22 carries. This is someone that, again, has to be getting 15 carries a game. He is that special of a player, and like it makes you wonder what would have happened down the stretch last year if they didn't lose Brees Hall uh, for the season, because that's how game changing he is. He he changed that game. They were down in the game coming into the second half. Defense gets a stop, punts the ball back to the Jets. Brees Hall seventy two yard touchdown changes everything on a, on a dime. That changed the momentum of that game. He was. Again, a truly, truly, truly special player. And I, I am so excited that we get to watch him week in and week out. I would expect him to be heavily featured in this game coming up against the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday, um, which is what I want to get into second here. And then, you know, we'll get into one more thing, uh, Elijah Vera Tucker, before we do your voicemails. But the Jets very obviously need to change something. Uh, and it's been pointed out by many people, and I did a video on it earlier in the week explaining why I think it happens, but it's the slow starts, especially on the defensive side of the football. The Jets seem to really start slow defensively, and they turn it on in the second half of these games, which is a, you know, you're still happy with the final result. I thought the Jets' defense played overall, encompassing the whole thing. They played well, and they've played well this year, but. One of the biggest things they have struggled with the last few weeks and heading into this game that has to change immediately is quarterback containment. Oh, my God. Jalen Hurts could absolutely destroy the New York Jets on Sunday if they don't make an adjustment with their quarterback containment. Uh, if you look at the last two weeks, Russell Wilson, seven carries for 49 yards. A lot of that came in the first half of the game. Pat Mahomes, seven carries, 51 yards. They essentially had the same performance. It was a two-yard difference in back-to-back -back games. And, you know, Jalen Hurts is coming off a 15-carry, 72-yard performance. He's unbelievable. And I, I know uh, some of his yardage is like they do the the tush-push, which has been very controversial uh, for, the, for many reasons. But they like him in the short yardage situation, so... His rushing attempts are pretty high, uh, while some of his rushing totals aren't normally as high as where they would be. But still, 206 yards and four rushing touchdowns already on the season through five games. This is someone who is a quarterback who likes to run the football, and they run it really, really effectively with a stellar, stellar offensive line. Uh, and the Jets, what they did in the second half of the game against the Denver Broncos in particular, they finally implemented a quarterback spy. Whether it was it was two guys that I noticed it the most with. 
and it was uh, Bryce Huff who had a phenomenal game. Thank God they finally listened and put Bryce Huff on the field some more, which is great. He played 44% of snaps, had eight pressures and a sack, was stellar in this game, but he was also tasked with spying the quarterback. Uh, And also you saw Tony Adams, who struggled a little bit in that game, especially in the first half, really struggled. That one long touchdown drive early in the game, missed a tackle on the screen pass that ended up being a touchdown, and on that long run, took a terrible, terrible pursuit angle. It was an Ashton Davis-esque pursuit angle there on the ball, though got to give Ashton Davis credit. He has played uh, much better this year. Um, They got to get something changed and changed quickly when you have Jalen Hurts coming to town because, again, they are going to run the football. And then the Jets have the bye week, and then they have the New York Giants. And for all the Giants' struggles, which there are many, they look absolutely atrocious on the offensive, just in general, but specifically on the offensive side of the ball. One thing you can say about Daniel Jones is that he's going to be able to tuck in and run. So that's two court, your next two games. You're going up against quarterbacks who love to run the football, and you just got gashed the last two weeks with quarterbacks rushing the ball. So you have to make that proactive change, and that's something that I would like to see the Jets do differently. And, you know, in the video earlier in the week, I explained why I think the Jets' slow starts happen, uh, and it has to do with stylistically the way that they play. They are Their defensive line, they just are downhill going a million miles an hour and are just trying to be they're aggressive they are no to put it in the simplest of terms the reason why the Jets defense is so good is because they are aggressive and the reason why they are susceptible to a big play uh don't do well against the screens and don't do well containing quarterbacks is because they are aggressive it's a blessing and a curse kind of like Rex Ryan teams lived by the blitz and died by the blitz when it worked it looked really well and when it didn't they got beat this defense is kind of the same thing, uh, but just in a, in a different way. Uh, and theirs is their aggressive nature that they pursue the quarterback and the ball carrier. And sometimes it pays off and looks really good. More often than not, it does. Uh, but they are going to get beat for some big plays. Uh, and that's what we saw you know, with Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes tucking it and running. And that's something that I don't want to see happen with Jalen Hurts. Uh, and if they want to have any sort of chance in this game, That has to change. They are, I believe, six-and-a-half-point underdogs at home to the Philadelphia Eagles, who are 5-0. and Uh, And that's not to say like that the Jets are just going to roll over and die and have really no chance in this game. you got to give credit to the Philadelphia Eagles, man. They they look maybe not at that same level that they did last year early on before they lost that game to uh, Washington, right, was their first loss last year. Um, But... They just find ways to win. That's what good teams do. They find ways to beat you. Um, and they are great at stopping the run, which kind of leans into uh, a Jets strength, which is uh, running the football. And on offense, they are fantastic at rushing the football. So it's going to be a really big challenge for this Jets team. And the Jets have never beaten the Philadelphia Eagles in their history. Something's got to give eventually, right? You know, the Eagles aren't going to go undefeated against the Jets forever. And the Philadelphia Eagles probably more likely than not won't have an undefeated regular season. They could. They are a really great roster and a really good team. But that is uh, that's you know, unlikely. We haven't we don't really see a ton of undefeated regular seasons. So they're gonna have to lose eventually. And if the Jets are gonna wanna beat them, 
on the defensive side of the ball, to me, that's the biggest thing is implementing that quarterback spy from the get-go and hope that you're able to contain Jalen Hurts. And even if you look back at, you know, Josh Allen's biggest games against the Jets, he's done it with his legs. So it's something that this team really struggles with uh, and it's going to be a tough matchup for the New York Jets on Sunday. And not making life any easier is the unfortunate news with Elijah Vera Tucker. So I know we're kind of going out of order a little bit. We're jumping back to that game against the Denver Broncos, but also it kind of has to do with the rest of the season. And that's the loss of Elijah Vera Tucker for the season. Back-to-back years, he gets hurt against the Denver Broncos in Denver and is lost for the season. And Elijah Vera Tucker is, without a doubt, the Jets' best offensive lineman and the most versatile offensive lineman. He could play at a high level at both guard and tackle. So also, I don't want to hear, I know I already said it in one of my videos earlier in the week, but I've had people on Twitter and YouTube comments and Instagram comments and TikTok comments blaming him playing tackle for the reason why he got hurt, which is absolutely ridiculous. Like his his Achilles knew that he was six feet to the right playing tackle rather than six feet to the left playing guard, and that's the reason why it popped. Um and he was he put up better numbers this year as a blocker at tackle than he did guard. Um, so the, this is a special player that the Jets lost. Wherever you want him to play, like for, just throw that out the window. He's your best offensive lineman, and for the second year in a row, you lost him, which is just absolutely a brutal, brutal blow. And that's back-to-back seasons that it happened. It's really frustrating. It's really annoying. Um, and... You know, it it stinks. It really stinks because now the Jets have to find a new plan at right tackle, which is now finding a third different right tackle. It started their original plan was Makai Becton to play right tackle and Dwayne Brown was going to be the left tackle. And Dwayne Brown gets hurt and wasn't very effective. And now they they moved Elijah Vera Tucker out to right tackle. And the line finally gelled for the last three weeks. I thought the line played well. Uh, with Makai back down on the left side, AVT at right tackle, Joe Tittman comes in at guard, Lincoln Tomlinson's been better even the last couple of weeks, uh, and Connor McGovern's been just, well, Connor McGovern, uh, and they've been a, a functioning offensive line and a pretty solid offensive line the last three weeks after struggling uh, the first two weeks of the season. And now you got to find someone else. Is it Max Mitchell who came in and, you know, credit to him, I thought played a good football game against the Denver Broncos on on Sunday. He was in a tough spot, but he was in for the long breeze hall run and had a nice block there, and he only allowed one pressure in that game, didn't allow a sack on Zach Wilson. And, you know, he played as a rookie when he probably should have sat. I didn't think he was ready to come in and play, and he was okay. Was he stellar? Did he prove that he is a definite starter in this league? I don't know if I'd go that far, but he held his own a lot better than people thought. He struggled in the preseason, though. Uh, and training camp, I thought both Billy Turner and Max Mitchell struggled pretty poorly, uh, or, or you know they struggled pretty badly in in these in training camp in July and August. It was tough. It was a, it was a tough watch, and you know that's he's probably going to get the first nod. I hope it goes well. I really do because it makes life easier if you're just able to plug that guy in and go. And they have the buy after this game against the Philadelphia Eagles. So if it doesn't go well. Maybe you could sign a Lyle Collins who uh, was cleared at the end of September uh, after tearing his ACL last December with the Cincinnati Bengals. He's healthy. He's ready to go. And maybe you can get him up to speed in that two-week break if you need to. If not, 
if you're going a different direction, like, I don't know. I don't know how keen I am on waiting for Dwayne Brown to come back, plug him in at left tackle, move Makai Becton back over to right tackle. I think that's that's silly, and I don't I don't think uh, I don't think it's a coincidence that the offensive line got better when Dwayne Brown came out. Um, and then other than that, like, are you signing Cedric Ubuye? You're not. Something that is not going to happen is uh, Mikol Harmon. Apparently, there's some trade rumblings there. They're not flipping Miko Harmon for a starting caliber offensive tackle like that. That those trades don't happen in the NFL. If you're doing anything, it would be a probably a pick swap similar to the Van Jefferson trade that the Rams did yesterday uh, with the Atlanta Falcons. So as much as it would be like, oh well, you find a team that needs a receiver and that has an extra offensive lineman, and then you do the old switcheroo and you're good to go. It, <laughs> it doesn't. Sure, that'd be nice, but it doesn't work that way usually. It doesn't. And I'd be surprised if they trade for like a Calvin Beecham or something like that. I think most likely scenario is Max Mitchell is your answer, and they bring in like a Cedric Ubuye, uh, who was here last year, started five games, and was with the team in the summer, if I'm not mistaken, and was even on the practice squad at one point. Um, I think that would be something that they would do. But can't stress enough how big of a loss this is losing uh, Elijah Vera Tucker for the season. Really tough stuff. Uh, so let's get into your voicemails now. We'll start. We'll start with Constantine in PA. He has a reaction on the win, which he's happy about, but was not happy with Zach Wilson's performance in the game. Hey, Maddie, it's Constantine from PA. How are you, sir? Hey, man. Sorry for being grumpy last week, but I had my reasons. You're good. Well, let me tell you something. We just got this win in Denver. I'm very, very, very impressed with the defense. Bryce Hall made a definite big play for us. I deserve he gets more playing time for that. But I'm just going to stick to my guns, what I've been saying all along. Zach is not going to get us there. He's just not. How many times are we going to be in the red zone and forced to kick field goals? That's not championship football. You don't win championships by kicking field goals. We need to get a veteran in there. We need to get him acclimated to our offense. And we need to really start to play Jet football. This isn't Jet football. We're barely surviving. And the only reason why I think we even won this game is because Russell Wilson is so damn bad. The bottom line is we've had opportunities to put teams away early in games and let our defense coast. But once again, it came back to that cardiac situation all of us Jet fans know and love to where we're hanging by the edge of our seat waiting for that last play to come out by the defense. When the hell are we going to have a three to four touchdown lead in a game? When the hell are we going to have a quarterback that can get us in the red zone and in the end zone? Enough is enough already. And you could call me cranky, you could call me whatever you like, but the bottom line is I've gone through this shit for 52-plus years. I get it. So this organization wants to win. They better pull the right moves. And by pulling the right moves, I'm saying get a quarterback who's a veteran, who's poised, who can handle reading defenses. I mean, look at what happened before the half. That's inexcusable. We had no time to kick a field goal. What if this game came down to that field goal and we couldn't kick it because our quarterback is lollygagging going up to the center. We can't have that, man. We won't have that. If there are any Jet fans out there listening to me, 
please, when you leave a message, reiterate this message. We're tired of losing. We're tired of being bottom feeders. We're not jellyfish. We're a better team than that. We represent New York. I mean, shit, the Giants have won Super Bowls. Why can't we? The bottom line is we need to get our shit together, point blank, period. And I'm not going to be a nice guy about it either because the Jets shouldn't be that way either. They should be about business and winning football games. Who cares who gets along with who in the locker room? Go have a smoothie after the fucking game. Anyway, we got the win. Two and three. <laughs> you wouldn't know that if you heard the call. <laughs> now, look, I think Constantine was uh, was a little bit a little bit too harsh on this team at the end. But there are, let's bring up something that he mentioned with Zach Wilson. Two things that he mentioned about Zach that I agree with and that I think are not good. And you also have to we also have to look at Zach Wilson as what he was for this year, not as the number 2 overall pick and as the answer for this team for the future, but as a backup quarterback. The last 2 weeks I think he's performed like a backup quarterback would. He went 199, no touchdowns, a pick. We'll talk about the pick in a second and completed over 70% of his passes, which is good. But it wasn't a great Zach Wilson game. It wasn't a horrific Zach Wilson game this past week. Against Denver, I thought it was, eh, there was some good, there was some bad. Probably grades out to a 5 out of 10, 6 out of 10 performance at the absolute best. The bad that was mentioned, number one, the red zone. You do have to be They The Jets are a really, really bad red zone offense, and I think they need to be a little bit more aggressive when they get down into the red zone. But I put I put a lot of the red zone struggles on Nathaniel Hackett, which is bizarre because that was his strength with the Green Bay Packers uh, and his calling card for his career, right? He calls it the gold zone and how much he loves the gold zone. The play calling in the red zone was an absolute joke in this game. If, you're, if you have the ball second and goal, and are on the 7 to 10 yard line somewhere in that range. Don't run the ball because then you are setting yourself up for a, a third and goal from like the 7 or 8 yard line. That they, they, they did that twice. They had second and goal from like the 10 twice, ran it for no gain or 2 yards and then were third and goal from like the again the same essentially the same spot. You have to be able to throw the ball there. And going 0-5 in the red zone trying to convert for touchdowns, you're right. You're not going to be able to beat good teams that way. Uh, They were able to get by and beat the Denver Broncos because that's not a great team. But I I put that – that's a mix. That's not just on Zach. Part of it is Zach, but also a part of it is the the play calling, which was, I I thought, pretty good between the 20s. But once they got past the 20 and tried to get in the end zone, in the red zone, was really bad. And you also mentioned and you also brought up before the half, inexcusable. 1,000% inexcusable. I don't want to hear that that's on the coaching staff or this and that. One, should that ball should not have been thrown to C.J. Uzama and to put him inbounds. But even still, the, he went down with 10 seconds left. They had the ability to get up to the line of scrimmage. There was just no urgency, and the lack of awareness there is troubling and is, a, is really, really frustrating. It absolutely is, but we also can't, look at that performance and think that this is the guy we saw two weeks ago against New England. It's not. He was be- he's was he been better the last two weeks. And I don't know how much different a, a Trevor Simeon is going to be in that game or what other veteran quarterback is going to come in 
Ryan Tannehill, maybe. But I, I, I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to get traded here. What other, uh, I don't know, an, another veteran quarterback that's going to come in and give you that much of a different kind of performance. I was a big advocate for trying to get a, a Jacoby Brissett a few weeks ago because Zach looked like a guy that he did last year where he was unplayable against the New England Patriots in that game. For the last two weeks, he's at least looked like a backup quarterback. And on the interception, that ball has to be a little bit further back shoulder. But I don't mind him taking the shot on third down, go one-on-one to your best receiver. If you're going to go down, go down that way. It's not, you know, the Jordan Love interception from last night where, you know, he doesn't see a linebacker and throws it right over the middle, right to a guy. It was one-on-one cornerback made an unbelievable play on the football it should have been a little bit more back shoulder you're right but uh I I I think I I think there's more to blame for the offensive struggles than just Zach Wilson and I don't think that makes me a, a Zach Wilson truther by any stretch of the imagination but I think we have to call it fairly I think this is a little bit I think that's too harsh, and there's probably going to be calls on this show that are a little bit too on the on the positive side for it too. We'll see, but uh, I I think Constantine. I don't know, man. They they won the game. It's very hard to win in the NFL. We talked about the Giants won a Super Bowl. Great, they won a Super Bowl twelve years ago. Now that team stunk for the last few years. It's cyclical. A lot of this stuff is cyclical. New England looks like they stink right now. They are an absolute dumpster fire. And the Jets, it bothers me that the Jets should have should have won the game two weeks ago because they look like the worst team in football. But they won the game. It was ugly, but they won. You, we we got to take what we can get at some, at some point here when you lost your starting quarterback four plays into your season. So, anyway. And if Zach Wilson plays like he has the last two weeks... They're probably winning eight or nine games, which is probably what you would get with a insert veteran backup quarterback here. V-Man. Let's see. What, what do we got, V-Man? Hey, Matt. I got one thing to say for this game. Jesus. You can keep that one low. Lower that. I mean, it wasn't a pretty game, but you know the expression. You take a sloppy win over a well-played loss any day. True. I do think part of the game – Part of it is the game sloppy. It's just I don't think we play well in Denver. I don't. I think it's just uh, the altitude is just hard for our players to acclimate to. I think that's just part of it. Let's be honest. Zach did not play well. It was a mixed bag. There were some good moments. There were some bad moments. And it's look. It get you're frustrated at times watching this team and this play calling. But like I said. You feel a lot better going into Monday with a W under your belt than with a loss. There's a lot to clean up. I believe we can clean it up in time to play Philly. Like I said, going in there two and three instead of one and four means a lot. Like I said, build. This is the, this is the just time. We got to build momentum off of this win, and we got to find a way to keep the wins coming. You know, love you, man, and always go Jets. Thank you, V-Man. Electric phone call, as always, wouldn't expect anything different. The Zach Wilson experience is what it is. To me, there are going to be high moments, there are going to be low moments, and I think that's a little bit closer to what you know where we were with this one. Uh, it's hard to win in this league. 
Denver's a tough place to play. I know that like that that defense is really, really, really bad. I was hoping that they would air it out a little bit more. Um and not a ton more. Obviously the run game was working, so um I just wish they threw in the red zone a little bit more, which is like what we were going back to on the last call. Where I, I wish that they would when you get down there, don't be afraid to toss the ball into the end zone. I I, I think a, a learning and winning and learning in a win, there we go. Learning in a win is a lot better than learning in a loss. And I know that, you know, we were excited last week about some of the things from the game against the Kansas City Chiefs, even though they lost. I would rather take this sloppy game uh, and a win. The only thing I don't like is the Elijah Vera Tucker injury. Like, that puts a little bit of a damper on it, a big damper on it. But, you know, it felt pretty good on Monday. Even after, you know, it wasn't pretty. That was my biggest thing. That's how I started the show on my post-game recap was, it wasn't pretty, but we'll take it. You got you to gotta be able to take it. Let's go to Max in New Jersey with his reaction to the game. Hi, this is Max from home to New Jersey, and here's my thoughts on the game. <clears throat> Overall, I thought we played very good. I thought Zach Wilson could have played a little bit better. <clears throat> he played all right today. I mean, he had, zero, he had like 19 and 25, but I swear he sure went for multiple touchdowns. The Broncos defense is just <clears throat> terrible. Terrible, and we played really good defense, but also the Broncos are terrible offensively. I suppose it's this stat in the third quarter, negative six offensive plays in the third quarter from the Jazz Deeming. We played good defense, but also negative six offense is bad for the Broncos, and Russell Wilson looked like some washed quarterback. It's like they swapped. Russell Wilson looked like early Zach Wilson from his second year, and Zach Wilson kind of looked like prime Russell Wilson. What's your thoughts on this? And go Jets. I don't know. Raw, washed Russell Wilson was a twenty of thirty one for one ninety six and two touchdowns with it with no picks. He did turn the ball over at the end, the fumble at the end. I I wouldn't say he was he was great, but I I didn't love pregame. We had uh, Connor Hughes on the beat talking about how Russell Wilson uh, is 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 done. He's you know that's the biggest reason why they're they're losing. He has. 242 yards a game. This is including the the Jets game, by the way. In five games, 242 passing yards a game, a 106.1 rating, 11 touchdowns to two picks. They are... They were 10th in the league in scoring going into this game. They are still 10th in the league in the in the NFL. Now, granted, their, their defense is last, so they have a, a top 10 offense and a bottom... Bottom, bottom, bottom defense. So I'm not quite there with the uh, the shade to the Denver Broncos offense. They did some things well in that game. They ran the ball particularly well. And in the first half, they were moving things. And you're right, like the defense clamped it down in the second half, uh, specifically in that third quarter. They didn't have any yards. It was, I believe, like you said, minus six. And through the first uh, half of the fourth quarter, I believe it was zero yards, and then on that second-to-last drive, they finally started to move it a little bit. But that that's normally a pretty good uh, defensive, you know, uh, uh, offensive team and a really bad defensive team. That's that's their issue. Let's go to Liam in Staten Island with his reaction to Jets Broncos. Hey Matt, it's Liam from Staten Island. What's up, man? I feel like I needed a little two-week break from calling <laughs> after all the crap that's gone on the past. Uh, oh, it's more like three weeks. I just I needed a little break for mental health. 
a win like today, obviously you're going against the Denver Broncos. They're a laughing stock of the NFL. You should win this game. And I still feel like, look, this was an important game. Important not just do we win the game. Look, we could have won a 3 nothing slugfest where Zach looked terrible and Russell Wilson looked terrible. We won a game that was fairly high-scoring, fairly competitive, and we won it in a way that could give oh, just a little bit of hope to this season. Look, Zach last week looked incredible. He looked really – he outplayed Patrick Mahomes in almost every category, which hasn't been done in Mahomes' entire career. And now you come on to this game, Zach looked really good. It, it, the beginning was a little rough. I don't think that Hackett called the perfect start to this game. You know, every, what is it, 10 to 15 to 20 calls of a game are pre-planned. I don't think that they were very good. But once it got a little pre-focus and, you know, you could do what you want, Zach really took off. And from there, not only did the offense look good, they were able to get scoring drives. And look, not every time you get into the red zone, you're going to score a touchdown. But that doesn't mean bad things. You get those field goals. Those field goals won us the game today. But the defense stepped up in the way that I was worried last week. Oh, did we lose him? Yeah, it looks like the call cut out there. Uh, Sorry about that. But I, I think you bring up some valid reaction there. And I, you know, understand, you know, having a, step away from this team sometime or at least the, the call in uh i think it's therapeutic for for me to become be able to come on here every week and talk about uh this football team um i i like that but i i get why people need to to step away or want to do something different with their with their time i totally understand that and um look there is some i think there is some optimism to take out of this because through their first what five games of the season without Aaron Rodgers? They beat Buffalo, who is a I know they lost in in London, but they're a team that has Super Bowl aspirations. They got the crap kicked out of them in Dallas, and I know Dallas lost, but that's a playoff team. Um, and week three, they lost to a terrible Patriots team. That's not good, but they beat Denver, which they were supposed to do, and they did by ten points. And it wasn't like the offense did a ton. They they settled for a lot of field goals. The uh, the offense needs to do do better in the red zone. That would be my one critique. And they went toe to toe with Patrick Mahomes. So there are positives to take out of this. Even if you go into your bye week two and four, you look at you look after that, and you see games against the Giants, against the Raiders, and against the Chargers. Those are some winnable football games. Can you get yourself to five and four before having to go on the road to Buffalo? That'd be my question. If you could do that, then you're in a pretty good spot. If you're five, or even if you know you're five and five through ten games, and you're somehow surviving, I think you sign up for that. Let's go to Dante in South Carolina. He has some thoughts on Zach's performance and a concern that he has. All right, let's do it. Hey Matt, uh, Dante from South Carolina. What's up? On Victory Monday, a sweet Victory Monday, because <laughs> we all wanted to be the Broncos after Sean Payton was running his mouth, and we did. And lo and behold, Sean Payton, who was talking down on Hackett about being a bad head coach, is now one and four and 
honestly, Shame. looks worse than Hackett did. Hate to see um, him. However, uh, I did want to talk about uh, Zach's performance and one concern I have just about the team itself. I'm fine with Zach's performance. Um, I know some people, you know, were kind of saying it was just an okay start, which I guess in hindsight it was. But um, I think when you're running for 200 yards and you're having success in the run game, your QB doesn't have to do that much. I mean, our defense has been starting slow the first couple weeks, but has been knuckling down and kind of just, you know, figuring it out pretty pretty quickly, which is nice. Um, I'm not mad about that Zach interception. Um, to me, it was like a 50-50 ball, and, you know, Patrick Sertan just made a made a play on it. I, I thought Garrett caught it at first. I was, like, celebrating. I was like, whoo, and it came out as a pick. So I'm not mad about it. I mean, I think it was third down. Got to be aggressive. Throw a 50-50 ball to your best receiver. I'm not mad about it. Um, I do think that one interception kind of puts a blemish on Zach's performance, but a high completion percentage, made some good throws. I mean, move the ball down the field, that's fine. But my biggest concern about the whole team is that we move the ball great between the 20. Our red zone offense is not good. Yep. And I don't know how they can fix it. Like, I don't, I, I'm not a coach, obviously, but – I mean, between the 20s, we're fine. Zach's making throws, and we're running the ball fine. And we get to the quote-unquote gold zone, and we don't show up. So um, I'm seeing if you had any ideas or any theories on how the Jets can improve on that. All right, thanks. Bye. Absolutely. I do have an idea. Throw the ball in the red zone. Zach let it rip. He had two nice touchdown passes in the red zone the week prior. One to Alan Lazard, my favorite one. And even the, the touch pass to CJ Uzama was good. They didn't really throw the they the second down runs from roughly the ten yard line. They did that at least twice, maybe three times in this game. They would get down in the red zone and they'd run on second and long. You can't you I know I, I get it. it. It's working, right? The run game was working, but when the field compresses in the red zone, right? Because the defense Obviously, there's only so much room to go. You're trying to stop them in the, you know, before they get to the end zone. So you're not working with as much space. It's easier to stop the run once you get down there. It's not. I wouldn't say it's easy, but it is easier than when you're somewhere else on on the field. I I, I think the play calling has to be better. I think they have to be a little bit more aggressive. I think they're playing, they're playing a little bit scared, which is why you talked about the inter- interception. I don't mind the interception as much because it was it, it was one-on-one and throwing to Garrett Wilson if it was a you know a didn't see a linebacker throw over the middle to you know insert Randall Cobb then then we're all upset and as as we should be but one-on-one and a chance to make a play and Garrett got his hand on it, but that was it wasn't a, it wasn't a great throw it wasn't that has to be back shoulder if that's ba- a back shoulder throw uh, Garrett Wilson has a chance to make a play on the ball and, and, and catch it. And I guess theoretically he had a chance to make a catch on the ball, but that would have been just absolutely I- I- insane. Uh, we saw it work in week one, the, the fade route again, you know, against the bills. That was an unbelievable play by Garrett Wilson. So I don't hate that. That's the direction that he went. I hate the result, but the, the process was right in making the decision to throw there to just get a, get a better ball. Um, but you have to be. The point is that you have to go and be aggressive. Um, the play action is something that has worked really well for Zach Wilson. 
his best, arguably his best throw. Actually, no, the Tyler Conklin on third down was his best throw. But the second best throw, the play action to Garrett Wilson deep play, they should be running that significantly more because teams are going to bite on the play action hard with how good Brees Hall is, and Zach Wilson looks his best off the play action. And you got to take a couple shots. So um, my, my thing would be, be, you know, throw the ball in the end zone. Tyler Conklin uh, is a really good route runner. Uh, underrated route runner so uh, maybe something with him and yeah just just try to try to throw it in especially on second second and long or second and goal from the 10 don't run the ball there please let's close out with Tanner and Will from Long Island they have a question on the coaching staff hey Matt it's uh Tanner and Will uh big fans from out on Long Island and uh just wanted to talk about the coaching staff uh, just get your thoughts. It, it feels like on both sides of the ball, we're taking way too long to make uh, adjustments in game. I mean, the defense, we're letting Russell Wilson run it right up our, right down our throats and screen passes galore in the entire first half before we did anything to change it. And in the red zone all game, uh, it seems like we were run, run, pass, you know, giving Zach third and longs in the red zone, expecting him to pull a rabbit out of a hat and, uh, you know, at what point do they, you know, are we going to change that up in game? Are we just going to keep sort of doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a, a different result in the red zone? Uh, I don't think that's going to work next week against the Eagles. Maybe maybe they do. Uh, but anyway, thank you, uh, and go Jets. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for calling in. Love it. Long Island gang, things you'll love to see. Um, yeah, they're – they are a very aggressive defense. It's something I mentioned earlier on the show, but I'll, I'll reiterate here. I think the reason why they uh, take too long to adjust is because there's a specific way that they like to play. They are a downhill, fast, aggressive defense. And, you know, in, in this spot, they, you know, they try to do it their way, and then they have to adjust and put it in a quarterback spy or not be so aggressive. And it was Tony Adams and Bryce Huff this past week. Um, they have to start that from day one or from play one, I guess, in, in this game against the Philadelphia Eagles because Jalen Hurts is going to beat them with their legs, with his legs if they don't. That's the big thing. They will always be susceptible to the big play because that's how aggressive they are. Uh, and also, another thing I want to add in, tackling has to be better. The safety duo uh, of, of Jordan Whitehead and Tony Adams, they are both poor tacklers right now. Jordan Whitehead had a great game in week one, three interceptions, loved it. That was fantastic. Since then has been a major, major problem because of his poor tackling, which is something that he, he that he was last year and through his time in, in Tampa Bay. Um, so hopefully that improves, and I think that would be the biggest thing, and hopefully get a lead on offense. This defense is built to get after the quarterback and create plays with their secondary. you got to have a lead in order to do that, which is something they haven't really had a whole lot of yet. That's going to do it for me in this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Once again, I am Matt O'Leary, and I'll catch you next time.